my little saying to a lot of people is I am the most grounded woo-woo person you could ever meet. Because when I tell people that I'm a psychic and a medium and that, you know, their eyes get bigger, and, you mm -hmm. know, it's bad, psychic's bad enough, but then you start talking about mediumship yeah. and talking dead people and they it's like, whoa. But I, you know, I just say I am the most, and I took years to be so grounded, but I'm practical. Hello and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I am Lauren Wittig and I'm so happy to have you back here with us again. I have a wonderful guest for you today. As you know, I always get really excited about the people I have on here because I just love the energy even before we start. And so I know that Laura and I are going to have a wonderful, fun, laughter-filled conversation because we've already started that stuff. My guest is Laura Horwig and let me give you her bio just so you know a little bit about her. Laura is an international spiritual counselor and psychic medium. She has a laser-like way of seeing relevant details in all the areas of your life. She is perceptive in ways that feel like your own deepest knowing. She brings a compassionate, no-nonsense presence to her work, along with a huge capacity to see and outline the most positive, life-affirming way forward. She is both a seer and a counselor, a refreshing combination. Her passion is to empower people to live their lives in the most authentic and passionate way possible, aligning their lives with their own divine mission and discovering and developing their own spiritual gifts. Clients experience life-changing shifts working with Laura. She assists her clients in getting in touch with their authentic selves and exploring new opportunities in their careers, relationships, and lives. She specializes in guiding her clients through major life changes and challenges. Welcome to Curiously Wise, Laura. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Laura and I had a conversation, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I can't remember exactly, but we had so much fun. It was like a no-brainer that we were going to come on and do, do another conversation here. So we're going to talk about a few things, but we're going to start with, there's all this energy stuff going on right now. Yes. I know I've been going through upgrade after upgrade after upgrade lately, like almost daily. <laughs> and my physical self has really been having a little bit of a trouble keeping up with that. So tell us a little bit about what this energy shift is that's going on right now, your, your experience of it or your understanding of it. So we get a baseline. It's, it's really been coming in in waves. And because I'm helping other people with these challenges, I always get to experience things a little sooner than other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the universe kind of takes me to task and puts me through some of those things. So I've been feeling this for quite a while now, but as the information is coming in, the real, the clincher is 2030. And they keep mm -hmm. really, really highlighting that date. Okay. So that's only a short, you know, I thought, oh, that's, that's long. And then I remember, look at the calendar, right? It's like six years. Like, it's like right. nothing. It's like nothing, especially when it's you like look nothing. back at what the last six years have been like and how fast. Well, exactly. <laughs> and the thing that was really amazing is in one of these real download sessions with my group, they said, when you're standing in 2030 and you're looking back, that there will be more changes in that six years than there have been in the past 300. Oh my gosh. And at that point, my jaw just kind of drops, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going, wow, that like, that's mind blowing. And, and, you know, your, your rational mind gets involved and you're thinking to yourself, like, how could that possibly be happening? And they started talking about this actually a couple of years ago 
well, not a couple of years ago, maybe like a year and a half, I, I, right after COVID happened. Because it was like COVID was kind of the breaking down of the energy barriers. So all these waves, in case you haven't noticed, that's these, these waves of incredible energy coming through. And they're nonstop. They just keep coming. Yeah. And that's all in preparation to shift the energy in these massive ways coming into 2030. Now, there's going to be a lot happening between now and then. And there's no question there's going to be a lot of good stuff happening. But as we all know, and I'm sure you know, okay, all that, that level of change doesn't happen without challenge. So there's yeah. definitely going to be some challenge. There's going to be things that probably a lot of people might identify as being negative. I don't like looking at that negative, positive, because really it's all just shifts and changes to bring us to where we need to be. So that is the real basis that's coming on. And that's why when we were talking just before the show, I was, we were talking about resilience and that's why resilience is so incredibly important because you, we all have to prepare for this next six years because we're going to need to be extremely resilient. And just a little heads up, of course, as it always is, us healers and sayers and coaches and people who are dealing with personal growth and helping others in, in those waves of change, we're going to be most under that stress of all these energy waves. So it's really, it's resilience and self-care is important for everyone, but it's extremely important for those who are helping others. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've been overwhelmed just in the last, I would say month with mm -hmm. the frequency that I am getting what I call upgraded or getting downloads, or I'm getting aligned to new frequencies and it is not easy. I mean, yeah. there's been a couple of times in that, that month where I was knocked on my ass for a day or two. And I just had to just surrender. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to give you a physical example, I hardly, I rarely get sick. I think I've been sick once since 2019. Mm. Okay. Since I had COVID at the end of 2019. And I got sick for two solid weeks, about two or three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. And that, and, and for me, even if I get a really bad cold, maybe four or five days. I was out of it for two weeks, literally. Like yeah. I, it was, it was, it was a real tough slog, mm -hmm. and it was weird. I think this, this is what really got me. It was a uh, sinus cold, hmm. and it wasn't even really in my throat. And usually, those things, for me personally, tend to move down and they turn into a chest cold. Yeah, it stayed totally in my sinuses. Guess where our sinuses are? Okay, they're all up here, and they're all uh -huh. connected to our third eye region they're in the connection to our crown all those things and i kind of went oh this is really interesting i can't wait to see what happens that goes away and that was a huge energy shift yeah and it started in earnest right after the equinox the fall equinox and then okay. we had the eclipses and full moons yeah. and there was all kinds of astrological really big stuff going on too so yeah yeah, I was kind of shocked the day of the the eclipse. Oh, yes. We yeah. couldn't see it here. We were underneath massive rainstorm yeah. clouds the whole day, but I felt it. And I'm not one who typically is kind of aware of the astrological stuff going on, yeah. but I had headaches and I felt just off and I, and it was 
it was odd, but then I thought, oh, there's an eclipse going on right an now. Going on, that, yeah. That's what it was. And it just, I, I don't know if it's because I'm more attuned to that now. And so it affects me more, but it, it was kind of surprising to me, but I knew exactly what it was. So yeah. that helps. That always helps. Well, um, to have the knowledge, it helps because if you don't, you know, it can be downright frightening for some yeah. people who have no knowledge of what's going on. You know, we'll talk about the fact that they're, they're totally asleep and there's things happening to them. And that's why there's so many people, the, the push to wake up, the push to become more conscious of all these things is really, really happening in earnest now. Like yeah. I was speaking with a client the other day and we were talking about, you know, we stepped into the age of Aquarius a little while ago. But I feel like we have now truly stepped into the energy mm. positioned into the age of Aquarius. But it, it feels like now the energy has started in earnest. And mm -hmm. I think that's all that driving energy heading into 2030. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I hadn't, hadn't really put that together. It's funny because whenever I hear age of Aquarius, you're probably of a similar age to me. Oh, the song I think of the, the musical hair. And that was back thing. in like the 60s. Yeah. But I always thought it started back then. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were still in the Piscean era, very, very heavily in the Piscean era. But we're definitely not now. And it's yeah. very changed. It's just, you know, there's that saying about nothing is uh, constant except change. Well, you yeah. better get used to really relating to that because it's going to be nonstop for everybody in all different ways, both in energetically and as we talked about also in the full world and, and the astrological alignments and all those things. Yeah. And it does seem that the faster these changes are happening, the, the more impact I feel physically. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's a lot of, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be struggling with that because if you're not aware, you think your body's breaking down or you think, you know, there's something really wrong. And it's just these, I, I think of it as a disharmony, you know, like your body, your physical body's yes. at frequency and there's other frequencies coming in and you haven't attuned to it yet. And it's just feels jangling to me. Um, oh, that's a good word. I like that. Yeah. It, that's it, why that holistic self-care is so important because we have to do everything to support our physical bodies to make that vibrational change in order mm -hmm. to accommodate, you know, it's the vessel, it's the, the like that word urn, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the urn of our soul. And oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And we have to, we need to upgrade that. Like you just can't upgrade your energy and your vibration without upgrading the urn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to think of it as, as taking out the paint set and repainting the urn and making mm. it something that it, then on the next level, on the next yeah. vibration. Elevating it. Yeah. Elevating it. Yeah. Elevating, it. Elevating it. Yeah. So let's back up just a minute and talk okay. about resilience specifically. Okay. So explain what you mean by resilience, because it's a word we've all heard, but I'm not sure yeah. we all know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, res resilience, the way that, that my guys look at it is the straightforward way. It's, it's being able to bounce back, being able to handle these challenges as they come up in rapid fire. And even if you get knocked down, really the resilience is knowing how to get back up again in a healthful 
and uh, a way that moves you forward instead mm -hmm. of you know, self-medicating, hiding, all the things that, you know, some of us or all of us have done at some point in, in our mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. And it's really about embracing the change. And the resilience comes from all those things that we talk, like I talk about the four pillars. So it's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So mm -hmm. that's what the four pillars are what builds your resiliency, looking after those things. Because just think about a chair, okay? If you've got the four-legged chair and you haven't got all those legs really solid what's going to happen you're going to yeah. end up in a in a puddle on the floor right. so some of them some of them are very physical things some of them are, are uh, you know deep emotional things some of them are very energetic things but they all come together and it's all necessary in order to build our resilience and that's what we're going to need because yeah. i'm going to use the word assaulted Okay, it sounds very dire, but it's true that we are going to be assaulted with all this energy coming in. And it's not so it's not even the fact that it's negative, because it isn't, by the way, it's no. very positive. It's just going to be so strong. And it's like, how can I? Oh, that's a good. Ah, thank you, guys. It's like if you're a surfer, okay, and you're surfing in that big surf on the pipeline in Hawaii. And, you know, it, there's just wave after wave after wave after wave that keeps hitting you on the top of the head and pushing you down into the coral. OK, and if you're not a really good swimmer and you don't know what you're doing out in that heavy surf, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get cut up, like really mm -hmm. cut up and, you know, you could even die. And that's how not to be ultra dramatic or anything, but it's true. Like, And you can see what's happening already. OK. And what I've been shown is it's not going to really start in earnest until four. Okay. This now year, that's the year I keep hearing about. Yeah. Four yeah. is going to be, it's going to be a fantastic year. There is going to be incredible mm -hmm. things happening, but it's also going to have a very high level of challenge and change. And see the thing with human beings, of course, you know, we all resist change. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be very challenging for a lot of people and we all have the areas that we have a little bit more problem <laughs> dealing with the challenge in, in certain areas. Some of us are really good at dealing with physical things. Some people are really good at dealing with emotions. But I haven't met a person yet who's good at dealing with all four, especially all at the same time. And see, this is what's new because what I've been shown in the past is often we would be dealing with one of those legs of the chair at a time, or maybe two. But what I'm being shown is that with all this energy pumping through the earth continuously in these big waves, is that we're going to be forced to deal with all four, sometimes all at the same time. And yeah. this is where resiliency comes in. Because you really need, I remember when I was taking my, my courses to be a lifeguard, the, the whole drown proofing thing, like you literally had to do egg beaters and they would come and they would put great big sandbags on your shoulders and you had to have your hands in the air. Okay. <sighs> this was part of the life-saving course. You had to be doing egg beaters under the water and you had to have your chest out of the water and you couldn't use your hands. And when they wanted to get really nasty, they came and put the, the sandbags on your shoulders. Wow. Okay. So just imagine how difficult that is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Some people couldn't even 
do it for like I would a, panic. <laughs> we literally got up to the point where we were literally doing it for five minutes. That's hell of an exercise. It it, it really is. Okay. <laughs> and and other things like being a girl, being a female, and you know, they would team you up. I, I remember in my exam, my instructor teamed me up with this guy. He was like six two <laughs> and he was built like a Mack truck. And this was when you had to rescue a, a drowning victim. And they're oh, going to yeah. drown you. Gonna, yeah, right. Yeah, they're just flailing. They're going to grab on you. They're going to push you down. Well, you want to try to do this being a woman and have this six foot two guy that's built like a Mack truck. Oof. Okay. So you said kind of get in the picture. Yeah. So this is this is what I'm talking about in terms of being resilient. It's not simply strength. It's also technique. Okay. Because that's what you're learning when in, in life-saving. Okay? Yeah. You're not only, you have to be strong, you have to be a very strong swimmer, but you also know how to use the technique yeah. so that you're not getting killed. Like, you know, for example, kicking a, a drowning victim, you literally put your feet in their chest and you boot them away and you mm. just keep them there until they calm down or they mm -hmm. actually, what they do is exhaust themselves with us. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can rescue them. But if you try to rescue them when they're flailing around and grabbing onto you by the neck and pulling mm -hmm. you under you're both going to die. Yeah. So this is why I was saying, I love how this comes full circle. It's going to be so important for people who are helping others. In any right. healing modality, I consider what I do as a healing modality, mm -hmm. uh, anything where you're helping others, you even have to be more resilient. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold that thought one second. My sure. doggy wants to come in the room. She likes to be in here and sleeping when I'm doing this. So I'm going to let oh, her no, no problem. <laughs> real quick. I love the little furry energy and they love the energy as well. So it's brought up something they want to talk about. <laughs> Let's just follow that. They <laughs> talk about how animals are going to be so helpful to us in helping us both weather the storms and to help us build our resiliency. Mm -hmm. But most important part of our resiliency on a personal level is also being compassionate and empathetic with ourselves. Yes. Because if we don't learn how to do that, we cannot do that for others. Yeah. And animals, as you know, they are the only thing on this earth that is actually capable of unconditional love. That's yeah. my understanding. As yeah. long as we're in the physical body, we can get close to unconditional love, but we can't do it. As long as we're in the physical body and on this physical plane, but animals can. Yeah. And dogs are particularly. Dogs are particularly. Good with that. Some yeah. cats. Yes. <laughs> I won't I've had some up. cats. I won't. Before, but most of them are like, yeah, I, I will cohabitate with you. <laughs> I, actually, cats, for the most part, are more about teachers. Mm. They, they, they have more of a teacher energy where dogs sense. have more of an actual healer energy. They're yes. both similar, but mm -hmm. they're different. They are. And I grew up with both. We've had two dogs as adults, but I call her my familiar because if I'm working with a client, mm. she's got to be in this room with me. And she was scratching at the door. You know, oh yeah. That's why so. I always tell my clients, like, just let them in. Like, yeah. unless they're, you know, unless they're going to be crazy and barking and everything, but right. most dogs will settle, even if they're kind of a barky dog, once mm -hmm. they get into the energy of a session, Yep. They'll just settle right down anyway. And they just lie there and soak it all up. Enjoy the heck out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is, this is what my guides had shown me in terms of energetically, they actually add energy to the session, like yeah, healing energy. And they also help to open up the, 
the energy of their owners. They know you better energetically than you know yourself. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. I find her very grounding too. She is this little black tank. So the color and this dense dog. And I do find, especially if like the day of the eclipse, when I was having headaches and things, I would find myself just petting her. Yes. That helped me. She sleeps curled up right next to me every night. Not very, very, you know, calming too. But that's where cats come in too. I was reading something the other day. I'm just kind of a sponge. I get little bits and pieces Mm -hmm. from everywhere about the frequency of a cat's purr and how that, that actually affects people's blood pressure and heart rate Mm -hmm. and all that. So that's their little magic wand. Dogs kind of have a tendency to suck things out of us. Like they draw things out. Whereas cats, I think because of the purring, it's almost like going to a sound healing. I was about to say it's sound healing. Yeah, it's like a sound healing. Hey, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper. You just get your little kitty and you have a purr. Yeah. Sweet too. But I said, and it's not just we relate most to our pets, but my guides were talking about the animal kingdom Mm -hmm. in general about they hint at you know it's my group drives me crazy sometimes because they'll give me broad hints about things but always everything in perfect divine timing and they never Mm -hmm. necessarily tell me like I want to know it the whole story all at once and that rarely ever happens Mm -hmm. but they'll cast out these broad hints on things (laughs) so I have to start interpreting kind of where they're going with things And that's the other thing about the animal kingdom. I think there's going to be some amazing happenings and relationship changes between the animal kingdom and people. Mm. And this is going to start, I think it's going to start happening as soon as next year. So I'm talking in a good way that there there's the communication on a kind of a psychic or a telepathy kind of idea that um, we are going to become much closer to And there's some people now here already who've been doing this forever, like communication. But this is going to be something that's more widespread. And it's also going to include wild animals, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid and I used to do a lot of work, uh, I was used to do canoe tripping and a lot of hiking and all those kind of things. I had a lot of exposure to wild animals. So I'm also familiar with them. And I find I get hints because one of the ways people are always asking me how my guides and how their guides and angels communicate with them. And what I find is one of the biggest ways that they communicate with me is they pull things out of my own experience and they'll take those experiences and kind of use them in an, in an image way because they know that I know that's what happened, but they'll use it in a different way, in a very symbolic way. Yeah. They do like to be symbolic. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Early on when I was not as purposefully communicating with my guides, um, I would see animals. And when you get a sign, you know it's a sign. So I see deer all the time. We live, our house was literally built on a deer trail. So we have deer through our um, yard all the time. But there was a period where I would see deer and it would be in an unusual place or it would yeah. particularly draw my attention And I learned very quickly that that was a sign for me. And I'd come home and I'd look up what's the symbolism of a deer and this kind of stuff. And I still get that. I do a lot of shamanic work. I love the shamanic methodology. It's very symbolic and symbolism is a much 
more complex language than languages. See, this is why I love talking to people because when I talk to people, I can put things together. Because like I said, a lot of times I get things in bits and pieces and it's up to me to put them all together. Well, next year is 2024 and 2024 is an eight. An eight in numerology is all about the connect, the infinity symbol, which is as above, as below, and as below, as above. So it's really about our both our connection to spirit as well as our connection to the earth and those resonances. And there's a lot of people that keep thinking very spiritually and, and reaching up, but they don't realize that the whole purpose of us being here is to pull, literally pull that energy down through our bodies and raise the vibration of our bodies and also provide that vibration to the earth mm-hmm. and our connection mm-hmm. to the earth. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we get very shamanistic. And yeah. I love this stuff because every indigenous people around the around the globe has some form of shamanism because yeah. shamanism is based on the earth. Yes. And, and the overall kind of theme that runs through all shamanic practice is that of going into the underworld and coming out and being dying as yourself, as your old self and coming up and being reborn as your new self. And that's the whole shamanic symbolism wrapped up in one event. But that seems to be every different indigenous person that I've talked to in all kinds of different cultures, that pervades all of them. Yeah. So that yeah. tells me that that's the basis of everything. Yeah. It's, and that I think is going to be very powerful. There's going to be more and more shamanic energy coming into the earth is probably the best way of saying it. And it's going to start because of that connection, heaven and earth next year, that vibration, that eight vibration, mm-hmm. it's really going to start in earnest next year. So that tells me that this animal stuff is really going to ramp up. Yeah. And what I've been hearing from my guides a lot lately, partly because it's something I'm struggling with myself, which is always the best way to learn something, is that we are here to bring spirit into physical form. Oh, absolutely. And we tend to get really enamored with the spirit part. And I know me, I love nothing better than to kind of energetically lift up out of this body and go play. But I've been told again and again, and I'm getting lessons in it, but that I need to bring that spiritual part of me fully into the physical and live as both simultaneously, (laughs) right? For many decades when I was younger, especially in my 30s and 40s, when I, because I, I really started in earnest my spiritual journey when I was in my early 30s. I have all kinds of stuff that happened to me when I was young too, but I mean consciously. And I spent most of that decade and a half with a friend of mine who was a Reiki master. And all she did every time was she would be pulling my energy back into my body. Mm-hmm. I basically was living from my heart chakra mm-hmm. and half my energy was always out of my body. And she kept telling me, you will never reach your uh, strength and your purpose until you get your energy back yeah. in your body. And that, yeah. that, that was that whole process. So that's how important it is. Yeah. And that's why there's so many, there's kind of a belief out there. They, people get carried away with this word called ascension. And they believe ascension is ascending and leaving the body. That's not what ascension is. Not in this time. Ascension Mm -hmm. is actually raising the vibration of our bodies to a level where we're we're not going to reach the light body level. 
at least we're, we're not going to, but right. <laughs> um, that is an ongoing process. And that's how we started. A lot of people don't know that because mm. we became physical in, in a progression. When we first, our spirits, our souls first came, the first souls that came to earth lived their time on earth, actually in light bodies, semi physical, they were physical, but they weren't really physical. Okay. Even mm. in back, I'm checking. Yes. In Lemuria, for the most part, they were in a true life. The progression went on and they got denser and denser. They were more, for example, in Atlantis, that time period, they were physical, but they still weren't quite as physical as we are today. They weren't yeah. as dense as we are today, but that's been a progression. And now we're going the other way. We're going back to what we began as. Yeah. So again, that symbolism, that shamanic symbolism, okay. figure eight, infinity, yep. That and also into the underworld oh, yeah. becoming denser and denser because everybody thinks of the earth as being very dense and the, mm -hmm. the, the cosmos being very high light vibrational. So going into the density of, un, of the underworld and coming back out to be reborn in our light bodies. But mm -hmm. that's what ascension is. That's what okay. ascension is. That's good. I've never had it explained that way. That makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, good. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was making sense there. It totally makes sense because it's been the body attuning to the higher vibrations. Exactly. As opposed to leaving the body. Exactly. Because there would be no point. If we were just right. going to leave our bodies, we could have stayed on the other side in the first place. Right. Yeah. We're here to have a human experience, right? Exactly. <laughs> you got to have soul, a body to do we're, that. <laughs> we're souls having a human experience, not humans having a spiritual experience. And that's where the mind, even a lot of the old, what I call the old new age uh, belief systems were very much about that, about everybody's leaving and we're going mm -hmm. to send and yappy, yappy, yappy. Um, that's not really what it's about. It's yeah. about raising the vibration of our body. As we raise the vibration of our body and we ground that energy, guess what? We raise the vibration of the earth. The earth. Super, and the earth is important. definitely, the vibration is rising. Oh, absolutely. You more and more rapidly too. Yeah. The Schumann residence and all these other things and the energy. I've been shown there's the, the mass consciousness, the energy that surrounds the earth. You can't see it or we can't see it yet. Yeah. That is all the collective energies of everybody's emotions and mental energies mm -hmm. and all that. And that has to rise too. Because mm -hmm. it's almost like a dampening field. That's why when there's a lot of action going on, a good example of that was during 9-11. Because mm -hmm. of the TV coverage and everything around the world and the instantaneous, there was this massive explosion of energy because there was fear and yeah. trepidation and, and anger and all those things. And really? all that energy just goes into that mm -hmm. belt of energy around the earth. So that also has to be raised. Truly raise the energy of the earth, the vibration of the earth. We also have to clean up that mess. It's like cleaning up a, a toxic waste site. Yeah. So here's where I want to put some puzzle pieces together or try to. Because I have been involved in creating matrix around the earth a number of years ago. And I recently in a channeling was shown and given the information that there's a new matrix around the earth that's multidimensional and it is made up of multiplicity of vibrations and that this is there to help everything begin to harmonize and then to come together maybe not as one vibration, but to come into harmony 
So I'm thinking that part of the work of that, that I wasn't aware of is helping that other yes. sphere of yes. density to rise just, up. To- I, as you're talking, I'm checking things out with okay, my Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so it feels to me like that's there in place around the world. Yeah. And part of its purpose is to help raise and lighten that area of density you're talking about. I'm getting goosebumps. So I think I got it right. (laughs) And also I'm being shown that that is also a shielding and it has a shielding purpose as well to help keep out some energies and stuff that we're not ready for yet. And it's kind of like putting orchids in a greenhouse. You don't want anything interfering with the orchids. So what do you do? You put them in the greenhouse because then the bugs can't get them. They're they're kind of sheltered from the heavy rains that would kill them and all those kind of things. So that's the image they're giving me. So it's like the earth is an orchid and they actually, this is what they're showing. I like literally seeing this and there's this, it's more than a dodecahedron, but you know what I mean? There's what you it's, talked about, the matrix around the earth is all in little triangles. Tesseracts. Yes. And it's a ball made of tiny triangles. Well, actually yeah. they're well, large triangles, but yes. Yeah. But yeah. they're they're actually what what I was told is there was something called a tesseract, which okay. I cannot tell you what it looks like, but you can look it up online. Yeah. But it's a multi Yeah. Well, everything's shape. multidimensional. That's the thing. And, okay. Well, that was interesting. That's so cool. I, I, I wanted love to that. Like, I, I got to put that together with what I know and see. Well, you have to be, what I've been shown and, and what I've learned is you have to be very careful with verbiage because whenever mm-hmm. anybody puts terms to things, I always say, okay, now what do you mean? Because I've been in a room and this always makes me laugh. I've been sitting between two people and they're arguing like bitterly back and forth and but starting to get a little heated. And I just look at these two people and I go, whoa, I said, do you realize you're both saying exactly the same thing? You're just using different verbiage. And they're like, oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. And I'm going, oh, yeah, you are. Because you tell them what you mean in plain language and you tell them what you and they're both saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. I found there are times when my husband and I get a little bit at cross purposes and it's because I'm using words one way and he's using different words. A lot of times the same word, like this is the problem. I can say a word and it means one thing to me, right? but it means something totally different to you. That's why you you need to go beyond the terms and say, what does that mean to you? Which you just did, which is amazing because that's one of the things that we need to do on a regular basis with others and with ourselves, because we do it to ourselves sometimes, which is kind of bizarre, but we do. Okay. Because the subtitle of my podcast is Practical Spirituality in Action, I want to just circle back one more time to those four pillars that you talked about. And can you give us a couple of self-care examples for each of the four pillars? (laughs) Well, let's start with physical, because physical is pretty straightforward. It's really getting to know your physical body. It's putting food in it that is the healthiest food that you can find and that works well with your body because everybody's different. And there is no kind of one, when it comes to nutrition, there is no one size fits all, except for the fact that you want to get the highest quality food as often as you possibly can. That's sort of the basic thing when it comes to physical. The other physical thing is, of course, exercise. And this is one we also get crazy carried away with. You need to be exercising to a level of your age and your health. Okay. 
Um, and one of the biggest problems now, because we're both over 50, yeah, I'm just leaving it there, is that people over 50 are trying to exercise like they did in their 30s. And not only that, a lot of the personal trainers and stuff are still guiding people to do that. And that is not only not healthy, it can be injurious to people. Mm. So again, you have to find it's more, I don't even like now using the word exercise. What I've been told to say is movement. Movement. That's we need to when be I use... moving our bodies and we need to be doing it every day. And we should be doing it at least for half an hour to an hour every day. And it's some kind of movement. I don't care whether it's walking or swimming or dance or whatever. And to me, I always suggest to my clients that they find as many different things that they enjoy. And do a, a multiplicity of things. Makes that sense. way you don't get bored. And mm -hmm. that way you're giving your body a different experience. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, well, wait a minute. I forgot. Sleep is the other big under physical. This is a major problem for so many people. And getting that in order. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of information out there on that. So I'm not going to go into it. We could have an hour talk. Yeah. <laughs> but the biggest thing about sleep that people need to know, it's not about the number of hours that you sleep. It's the quality of your sleep. I know people that sleep four or five hours a night and get high, high quality sleep. And they are perfectly healthy and perfectly good with that. Mm -hmm. Now, other people might, I know people that also have to get like eight or nine hours yeah, sleep. That's me because okay? I don't get deep sleep easily. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. That's yeah. the secret. You need to get into techniques that increase your deep, deep REM sleep. Mm -hmm. There's deep sleep and there's REM sleep. REM sleep they, yeah. kind of, they kind of come together. But what I've been shown is you should be getting, if you combine your REM and your deep sleep, you should be getting four, four and a half hours mm -hmm. of that. So whatever you need to do to get that, you need to do it. And for okay. me, it takes about nine hours in bed. Okay. <laughs> then that's what you got to do. I guarantee <laughs> you, if you work at it and you look at some different things that you can yeah, probably, I've been you tweaking, can get yeah. that down and to... I, I'm being told that you could have, once you get into your quality sleep, you could be sleeping seven hours a night and be perfect. That's, it's just, again, that's my it's, goal. It's a, it's yeah. an ongoing thing, right? right? It's an ongoing process. I'm actually working with a health coach who's helping me figure that out too. And again, that's a very individualized thing because mm -hmm. different people have very different sleep patterns. Yeah. But there are some common things if you do them that will help you. Mm -hmm. that are pretty much common to just about everybody. The other one I almost forgot in um, physical is stress, stress control, stress management. My biggest one and forever and always will be meditation. Yes, mine too. And I use this so much with my clients and I really stress this because the other thing I love about meditation is the magic of meditation is that it hits all four pillars at once, physical, Ooh. mental, emotional, and spiritual, all mm -hmm. at the same time, okay? And- it also, well, it's part of physical. Uh, there's nothing better to help you gain that sleep we talked about, to gain, increase that deep sleep as much as meditation. Mm -hmm. So again, different tons. We could spend a whole yeah. show on meditation. Find what works for, for you and stick with it. I'm going to bust two myths, though, that are really important about meditation that have been okay. around for a long time. It's not about meditating for hours and hours. Like people think hours and hours, I've got to meditate for two hours or three mm -hmm. hours. No, 
The biggest thing with meditation that I've been shown over and over again is consistency. Okay. And consistency means this is why they call it a meditation practice, right? Because you're practicing every day. Once in a while, missing a day is not, is not a big deal, but you really need that consistency of meditation every day. Even if it's only 15 minutes that I recommend somewhere around half an hour, building up to half an hour a day. There's that magic 30. It's that three thing. Remember we talked half an hour of exercise, half an hour of meditation. Okay. So that pretty much covers physical stuff. Then we have our emotional. Emotional health is all about getting to know yourself, understanding your own emotions. So you need to dig into those. And if you've got any issues with that, you need to be working with the appropriate person to clear those emotions Mm -hmm. and to get yourself into a healthy emotional state. I've been through all kinds of trauma and challenges and bad stuff in my life. The thing that saved me the most was what I just after a sense Mm -hmm. of humor, a sense of irony, and that can take you through the darkest day of the soul. If you really cultivate that ability, some people have a natural affinity for humor and laughter. Other people have to work at it. And Mm -hmm. if you're one of those people that has to work at it, I will say work at it because (laughs) you will gain more in your life just from that one thing than anything else in terms of emotional and mental health. So we've done physical, emotional, and mental health, mental health and emotional health kind of. And there's a lot of people these days that are suffering from mental illnesses of varying degrees and severities. Mm -hmm. But what I'm liking and what I really love that's happening is the conversation around mental illness is finally coming out of the closet and people are owning it. People are being able to discuss it because really, honestly, mental illness is no different than physical illness. Right. And we have to do that because one of the biggest things that has been proliferating the untreated mental illness situation is the fact that nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. And people are ashamed or people are afraid to even mention that they might have some form of mental illness. And like I said, it can be anything from hypochondria to serious bipolar. And we get into some of the really depression, schizophrenia to some of the other labels, the ADHD and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole, we could do a whole nother show on that. A whole nother show. That has been so abused and I'm just going to say it's abused Mm -hmm. labels that they've been putting on just to medicate them and control behavioral problems, which are not mental illnesses. Right. There are lack of exercise. Most of this is one of the problems with the advent of kind of mental illness coming out of the closet, um, especially in the ADHD world. It's been used as a catch-all crutch-all and a way to over medicate kids instead of dealing with their discipline and self-control problems. Yeah. There is such a, there is a real thing. There are people with that mental illness, but it's not every second kid, which no. is right now. Which and is- I know the research that I've read up on, because my son was diagnosed as ADD in high school, is that kids used to get a lot more activity during yes. school day. And that has been taken away and taken away until they really just don't get they're sitting still, which girls tend to be a little bit better at than boys. But 
even that is well as i said i was never one of those girls i could have sat in a schoolroom all day long but they there were some studies done that showed if you gave them time at the beginning of the day to play and run around and stuff and then you started school well and that's what recess used to be for i know that's kind of gone, gone. There was morning recess. There was a decent lunch break where you yep. could actually go home and have lunch. There was yep. enough time to do that. And then there was the afternoon recess. And then there was after school activities. And there was also when there I was, was in school, there was there was there was PE, but mm-hmm. but there was after school athletics. There was uh, athletic stuff in the morning before school. So uh, you're right. All that stuff has gone away, and yep. that needs to come back, or there needs. Our school system's broken. That's all yes. I'm going to say. That's yeah. a whole yes. other hour again. Yeah. Right. We won't go there. Okay. So we have, we talked about mental, emotional, physical. Let's hit the spiritual pillar. Sure. Spiritual pillar. Now this is an interesting pillar because again, it's very individualistic, but the banner that everything goes under is we as humans need to have a connection to something that's greater than ourselves. Okay. What that looks like doesn't really matter as long as it serves you and it supports you as a being. It doesn't downgrade you. It doesn't put you into fear. It doesn't put you, I have to be careful here. It doesn't call you a sinner every time you take a breath. It has to be something that empowers you and allows you to recognize the soul of your being and that you are eternal as opposed to this finite physical body. Yeah. And that you are somehow connected to everyone else and the cosmos, mm-hmm. God, the universe. I don't, again, yeah. it's the name doesn't story. matter. The name doesn't matter. It's the universal energy uh, that it runs through everything and all of us. Mm-hmm. And you have to have, like I said, it doesn't matter what your belief system is, as long as it supports those energies and it, it connects you to the universe and everything else in it including each of us and the yeah. animals and the trees and everything. So that there's your four pillars. So everybody needs to work on all of those and get them in line with what works for them. Yes. Yeah. And I always say, you know, I can, I can give you all kinds of examples and I can give you some stuff to try, but you need to experiment and you need to find out what works for you. Right. So let's take one more t- <laughs> this is not a tiny topic but so for another me, tiny topic <laughs> i'm very intuitive so i can kind of i call it feeling into things to see if that feels good to me to do like for instance some sort of uh, physical movement you know do i want to go run for two miles no that doesn't feel good to me at all but do i want to go play pickleball for an hour with friends yeah, that sounds okay. That feels good. That opens me up. I'm not going, yeah, I'm literally opening my body to that energy. So for people who may not be as tuned into their intuition as people like you and me, they just haven't gotten there yet. Cause everybody can do that. Is there something that you could suggest to help people begin to look inward a bit to see if something feels like the right thing for them? especially in relation to what we were just talking about. Everybody can do it. It's just people can do it to different degrees. So people, I really find that with most things, especially with physical activities and foods and all that kind of things, people can get a pretty good handle on what they like and what they don't like. And if they're unsure, try it. 
and see how it feels. And you get a pretty good message usually pretty quickly, whether that's something for you or it's not. Mm -hmm. And there's something for everyone. Like you can figure out what it is. The other thing, this is a good way that you can use meditation as well. Like if you're really unsure and you're trying to choose between, because let's face it, we've only got so much, we've got to fit everything into a day. So we only got so much time. So we want to find the things that are the best things for us that Mm -hmm. really do it for us. I I call it the juice. People talk about passion. That word's been so abused and overused that it's kind of lost its meaning. So I talk about the juice. What gives you your juice? What juices you up? What makes you feel really good? And if you try to decide between the two things, meditate on it and literally do, or or some people like this word better, do a visualization Mm. and picture yourself doing an activity and like really get into it. Try to get as much into the sights and the smells and stuff like that. And just lie there and feel how that feels. And then try something out and then compare the two and go, oh, and I guarantee you, even if you're not, if you consider yourself not intuitive at all, which is, but anyway, and they'll get a really good idea. Now, when it comes to other things like foods and supplements and all that, there's a a kinesiology thing that's muscle testing that's Mm -hmm. super easy. And this, you can actually do it yourself. The arm one where you have somebody else do it, it's a little bit more sensitive and and you can get a little bit more accuracy. But if you practice, there's a really easy exercise. Uh, I'll just use supplements as as an example. You just get your bottle of supplements and you hold it in your non-dominant hand. If you're right-handed, you hold it in your left hand and you hold it over your heart and you're in your bare feet or your sock feet and you just stand there and you close your eyes and you just relax your body like Don't lock your knees, just a slight bend and just stand there for a minute and relax. And I guarantee you, you will either gently fall forward or you will gently fall back or you won't move. If you gently fall forward, that means that food, that supplement, whatever it is you have in your hand, that means it's going to be healthful for your body. If you're going backwards, eh, 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 that's not a good thing. If you're neutral, that means, especially if it's a supplement, you're wasting your money because it's Mm. not doing anything for you. So you can do that with all kinds of things, even clothing. I know people that were having skin irritations and they couldn't figure out exactly what type of clothing material was really bothering them. And they did this with clothing, different types of clothing made out of different fabrics. And it actually worked too. So that tells me it works much anything. And the, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. And the, the one piece that is important with all of the, the examples that you've given of how to get an answer is that taking a moment to, to feel, how does my body feel? Exactly. That consciously. Because we tend to kind of go. That's why I said, take a couple of deep breaths. And I always ask a question. And mm-hmm. usually the question is, especially if it's something that I'm putting in my body, as I say, is this good for my body at this moment? This is the other thing. You should frequently test different things because at different times, your body will need different things. At different times, your body will reject different things. Mm -hmm. So just because a certain supplement was good for a while, sometimes your body doesn't need it anymore, or there's something better or something. So you want to test on a regular basis. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. The beauty of muscle testing too, is you always have your body with you. Exactly. (laughs) And the more you do it for yourself, the better you'll get at it. Yeah. I like pendulums. I have like, that's another way all over my office. Yeah. But you see, that's a bit too much for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be hard for a lot of people to do. This is why this one 
uh, the whole kinesiology thing. I just use mm -hmm. that one because literally anybody can do it. And often, guys, don't take the offense, but men are often resistant yes. to anything like this. And I've taught this to men who would poo-poo just about anything else. And they go, oh, is that all I have to do? And I'm like, yeah, that's all you have to do. And they do it and they start doing it and they go, oh, yeah, this actually works. I can feel the difference. I'm going, mm -hmm. imagine that. So that that's a real practical thing. See, that's in terms of me, my little saying to a lot of people is I am the most grounded woo-woo person you could ever meet. Because when I tell people that I'm a psychic and a medium and that, you know, their eyes get bigger, and, you mm -hmm. know, bad, psychic's bad enough. And then you start talking about mediumship. Yeah. And talking dead people and they guys like whoa but I you know I just say I am the most and I took years to be so grounded but I'm practical because you see what I learned I had a very long when I was 10 or 11 years old I didn't come from a spiritual or a religious family I, or my family didn't go to church or anything when I was 10 or 11 I decided in my little girl self stubborn self that I was going to find God that I wanted to know where God was so Every Sunday for about six or seven Sundays in a row, because uh, this is what you used to do. You dressed up in your Sunday best. Mm -hmm. Probably mm -hmm. the only time actually I had a skirt on. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, on my little patent leather shoes and I got all my Sunday best. And I went there was I was actually very lucky because there were six or seven churches within literally within walking distance of my home in the suburb that we lived in in north of Toronto. So I literally did that every Sunday. I went to a different church and I went to all kinds of different churches. And unfortunately, I found out for myself that God wasn't there. There was some <laughs> nice people mm -hmm. and some not so nice people mm -hmm. and some kind of nice things and some things that I didn't particularly care for in different churches. But God wasn't there. So run forward a few years. And I actually, this is when I got into hiking and canoeing and being out in the wilderness. And I found my church and my God yep. was the out in the wilderness, out in nature. Yeah, and that's where I come from. And I had some pretty wild experiences too. I had some out of body experiences in nature and some pretty mm -hmm. wild stuff. So that's me. That works for me, but it's yeah. not going to work, may not work for you, may not work for somebody else. What, whatever floats your boat and whatever gets you in that, it's that connection. And when you feel that connection, because I know some people. Froze. If you can hear me, you might want to shut down and come back in. I am so powerful. This <laughs> happens to me quite often. Okay. With stuff. It's really quite funny. That's why I was laughing. Anyway, yep. I'll finish that thought because I don't think you yes. heard the yes. last part. No, we didn't. The, last part the, the thing about church. I have some friends who are very avid churchgoers and that's where they feel connected. They feel connected through the service, through the music. They don't think God is in the church, but that is where they connect mm -hmm. in there. That's for them. So there's something for everyone. Yeah. You know, people I know connect through chanting and ecstatic dance or all yeah. kinds of different yeah. things. Yeah. So it's like, and I've had different experiences actually with all those things. And I've done plant medicine and like, mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of background in a lot of different things. I, I call yeah. myself the spiritual generalist. And I yeah. think that's what helps me to help others. And I think that's why I've been guided that way. Mm -hmm. Because I can come to anyone pretty much on any level they're at. I've studied all kinds of different belief systems and religions and all that kind of thing. 
I have clients from all different kinds of religions and all mm -hmm. different kinds of spiritual belief. So it's not like one group. Right. It's not like, oh, you have to be very spiritually involved to come and talk to Laura. Because I have people from every religion that you can yeah. think of. Yeah. And, and non-religious. Right. You can be an atheist and still come. You can be an atheist <laughs> and come and talk to me. Yeah. 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 So. All right. I think that's a good place for us to come down to a conclusion here. Although I know we could just talk for days. I know. Days. So much fun. <laughs> How about you tell the listeners where they can find you? Well, the easiest way to find out more information about me is, is from my website. And it's really easy. It's just www.spiritspeaks2.me. Okay. And we'll have okay. those in the show notes. And I have a Facebook page. My personal page is basically all inspiration. And I also have a, a group on Facebook, which is called Spirit Speaks to Me. And that is a lot of informational and also inspirational information. I'm not really into, I'm getting more into Instagram, but you, mm -hmm. you're welcome to come and follow me on Instagram if you like. But my main thing right now is most of my stuff is either on the website or getting in touch with me and following me through Facebook. That's good. I want to thank the listeners for being here with us. I invite you to go and check out Laura's website and her on Facebook. And she does so much more than we've had a chance to talk about. Oh, she's got one more thing to say. Go ahead. They just bug me because you had asked me and I really hadn't thought of it, but everything's done on an intuitive level. I'm going to give your listeners, because you have some really wonderful listeners, I'm going to give them a special offer. So if you contact me and you tell me that you've heard it on Lauren's show, I will do a gift for you because I want to spread the word through as many people as possible. Basically, you get the first session at regular price and the second session is half price. So you can do it a number of ways. You can use them both for yourself or you can get one and for yourself and you can gift the half off one to somebody else. Sweet. Thank you. I will put that in the show notes as well. I, I've learned here I have to put a, at least some kind of timeline on that. <laughs> Let's make it till the end of the year then. And then people can use it around Christmas. If not the first of the year, everybody's always clamoring anyway because everybody wants to look and see what their year is going to be like. So once more, I'm going to thank the listeners for being here and tune in for the next iteration of our conversation because there will be at least one more and I have a feeling more than that. I know I've got a lot more that I can learn from Laura and it's just a delight to have you here. And I hope that those of you who have joined us have learned a lot. I hope we have piqued your curiosity and I hope you will follow up with Laura and take advantage of her offer and just check out everything she's got on her website and, and Facebook because I know you'll find something juicy there. And if you're interested in more about me, if you don't know me yet, my website is partlightjoy.com and I'll have that in the show notes as well. And you can go there and get all the information about where you can find me on socials and sign up for my newsletter. And if you do sign up for my newsletter, you'll get the latest news about some new projects I'm working on. So please do that. In the meantime, have a wonderful day and stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. 
After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitting. Stay curious.